And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And I'm going to start out with prayer today. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you for this radio station that we are broadcasting on today. For the people behind the equipment, for the people in the offices, for their hearts in wanting to put forth a spirit of excellence in their work. And Lord, I thank you for prospering this station and blessing the listeners, seeking you, seeking truth, seeking your help seeking a relationship with you. We bless you for your good work and the works that you have planned for those who operate this station. Lord, I thank you also today for the precious souls listening in that they will receive whatever they need out of this message today. That your nature is so good, Lord. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy to be glorified. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that will happen as a result of today's message. But also, as I pray, Lord, right now for the healing that you are able to bring forth, that you've already done, you've already paid for it, according to Isaiah 53, verse 5, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, amongst other verses. You have sacrificed your son at the cross, but he was also persecuted and wounded heavily at the whipping post before the cross. After the crown of thorns was placed on his head, Father, Jesus suffered greatly at that whipping post you know too well. And today, Lord, we use the suffering to speak his life, your life, over the souls of these people and their physical bodies. So, Lord, in your name, I decree and declare your life to restore and to reconcile their physical bodies. I command all pain to leave them today and never return to them. I command all of their organs to be healed. I thank you, Lord, for aligning their spines, their backs, vertebrae. I thank you for making sure that both legs are the same length so that they can walk evenly and not have back pain, that they can see perfectly that there is no glaucoma anymore in their eyes. There is no problem in their sight anymore. There is no problem in their hearing in the name of Jesus. There is no problem with their arms, raising their arms to heaven to worship you in spirit and in truth, raising holy hands to you for the worship that you deserve for your glory. Thank you, Lord, that they can speak without a stutter. They can speak your heavenly prayer language by being baptized in your Holy Spirit. Lord, all we have to do is ask you to baptize us in your Holy Spirit, receiving your Holy Spirit, being immersed in your Holy Spirit, and it shall be done in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, today. We have not because we ask not. So we ask today for the baptism of your Holy Spirit, a filling of your Holy Spirit, if we are already baptized, a refilling. We thank you, Lord, that the evidence of being baptized in your Holy Spirit will be that we will speak in an unknown tongue. We will speak in the unction that you provide by way of your Holy Spirit, speaking your perfect will, praying your perfect will out of our mouths, because out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. And I thank you, Lord, that every one of these listeners shall become rivers of living waters out of their belly. They will become people who speak, and out of their mouths will come fire, spiritual fire from your Holy Spirit, 
bringing life out of their tongues, because life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. We thank you, Lord, today that we can speak to truth, but when we speak it, we speak your fire. We speak your word. We speak your scriptures that are alive and active over situations. And I thank you, Lord, today that this precious soul listening right now is alive and well. They are being revived because of your power, your life, then the faith that is on this radio station and amongst these listeners all coming together as one in the body of Christ listening today, the power of agreement that those who seek you they shall find you. Those who need you for healing shall receive all that they need in the way of healing, your healing touch, your touch today, Lord. And we thank you for your goodness. Lord, those who need you because they want to receive you as Lord and Savior, Lord, all they need to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I now confess you as my Lord. Come and save me. I am yours. I give myself to you. I give my life to you. Do with it what you will, Lord. Let me follow you. Let me love you by feeding your sheep with knowledge of the truth of the gospel. Let me love you, Lord, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength by praying for others that need you, by giving unto others as they are poor, for doing to my neighbor what I would want done to me if I was in need. We thank you, Lord, today that you are here with us, and today is the day of salvation, that you've given each of us an equal measure of faith, so that your miracle signs and wonders shall follow as we believe. And I believe today that you are touching every one of these precious souls listening in in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord is good. He is faithful. He is merciful. He loves you. He'll always love you. And he always has loved you. Even before you got to know him, he was loving you. He was loving you while yet you were misunderstanding him, not believing in him like you do believe today. Even the misunderstandings today that you might have because you do not yet know the truth, the Lord still loves you even though your carnal mind is at enmity with him. Even while you are at odds with God in that way, he still loves you. It's only because you don't yet know the full truth. And it's okay, as long as you decide to spend time in the Word of God to find out the truth for yourself, thereby renewing your mind, thereby being transformed from who you used to be to the person who God created you to be. I thank the Lord today for His patience and long-suffering with all of us, because He surely has needed that fruit of the Spirit, and He is the essence of that because he has had to wait a long time for us to come to him. We've come to him at different ages, different times. But one thing is for certain, he has known us from before the foundation of the earth. He knows who will come to him. He knows who will reject him. He knows who will be going to heaven with him. And he knows who will be going to hell, sadly. The important thing to remember is time is ticking. We are in the last hour. And we have to tell people about Jesus. So today we are going to continue in First John chapter 2. And we're going to go into First John chapter 3 as well. So First John chapter 2, we left off last week speaking about verse 16. And we're going to just repeat that. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, 
craving for sensual gratification, and the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources, or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. Verse 17, And the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God, and carries out his purposes in his life, abides, remains forever. Now last week we were talking about the importance of being obedient to the Lord and carrying out his commandments, his precepts, what he's commanded us to do through his disciples down the years. In Matthew 28, at the very end of that chapter, he tells his disciples to tell everybody else whatsoever he taught them. And today we are here as believers because someone told us and they were told by someone else and they were told by someone else all the way down the years. So we have to pass this message on, this good news. So here in verse 17, it ends by saying, But he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in his life abides, remains forever. The will of God, two great commandments, to love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself, but also don't forget the great commission to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, all these things. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep, teaching others and telling people about Jesus, you will be led by the Holy Spirit to take certain actions in your life, to make a specific phone call to somebody who the Lord puts on your heart. This is a form of obedience, and you will have many, many actions like that, that you'll get nudges in your heart, nudges in your spirit by the Holy Spirit prodding you and leading you to do something. You need to obey those things. And you will know it's the Holy Spirit because it will be a form of righteousness. It will be a righteous action and it will be good fruit that will result from it. Now, some things sometimes will be told by the Holy Spirit to deliver a very firm message to someone. And that is still love because you have to speak the truth in love. And sometimes people will get offended by something that you tell them. But if you know that it was the Holy Spirit who prompted you to give that message to them, you are being obedient to Christ no matter what the response is from the person. And the seed that you plant in them, we pray that that seed will take root and the Lord will continue to remind that person about what you told them. But if you do not tell someone that important message that's being disobedient and the person does not yet know the truth, so they are still living a lie in that area, now the Lord has to find someone else to place that message on their heart to deliver to that individual. And sometimes it is difficult for the Lord to find someone who is willing to give a message, an important message, even to a church leader or to a person in the street. So we always have to be obedient. When we know the Lord's heart, then it's easy to know when we get a message to give to someone on our heart, we know the Word of God. We know if that came from the heart of the Lord. Is it to lift up? Is it to edify? Is it to correct? Is it to encourage? Then it is of the Lord. If it is to condemn, if it is to break down, if it is to destroy, that's from the devil. It's not from the Lord. Verse 18, boys, lads, it is the last time, hour, the end of this age. And as you have heard that the Antichrist, he who will oppose Christ in the guise of Christ, is coming. Even now many antichrists have arisen, which confirms our belief that it is the final, 
the end time. Now, this is 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, which was written 2,000 years ago or so. And so, 2,000 years ago, it is written here that it is the final, the end time. And now, 2,000 years on, in the year 2022, we know that we must be very late in that final hour, in that end time. And we can tell that from everything going on in the world. But not even Jesus knows the time he will return, only the Father knows. Verse 19, They went out from our number, but they did not really belong to us. The writer here is speaking about the Antichrists. They went out from our number, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they withdrew, that it might be plain that they all are not of us. Verse 20, But you have been anointed by, you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from, the Holy One. And you all know the truth, or you know all things. The word anointed here in verse 20, it means a sacred appointment and have been given an unction from the Holy One. Verse 21, I write to you not because you are ignorant and do not perceive and know the truth, but because you do perceive and know it and know positively that nothing false, no deception, no lie is of the truth. Who is such a liar as he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah? He is the Antichrist, the antagonist of Christ, who habitually denies and refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. Verse 23, no one who habitually denies disowns the Son, even has the Father. Whoever confesses, acknowledges, and has the Son has the Father also. You see, this comes from the beautiful relationship that Jesus has with his Father and the nature of God the Father himself, that when you have Jesus, you have everything because the Father is in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in Christ, and the Son is in the Father, and and the Holy Spirit is in the Son. They are all in together, and as we are children of God, we have been engrafted into this precious promise of being in Christ and being a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And now we get to be in Christ and God gets to be in our temple within us that he has formed. It is a beautiful thing. The Son and the Father have this beautiful relationship with each other, and this relationship is available to us to the degree that we allow the Lord to take part in knowing us. And that means that we need to open our heart further than we thought we already had and examine our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please reveal to me Is there a part of my heart that I'm kind of closing off from the Lord because I feel too ashamed to reveal that part of my heart to him? The Lord knows our heart. We cannot hide anything from the eyes of the Lord. So we are only hurting ourselves by holding back something from the Lord because that could be something that we could be having the Lord heal us from in our heart so that we could enjoy a fuller extent of a relationship with him. A good friend knows when you are holding something back from them because they know you. And so they feel like the relationship is not complete unless both friends, both people are open with one another. 
The Lord himself knows all things, and he knows every fiber of your being and every fiber of your heart. Verse 24, As for you, keep in your hearts what you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the first dwells and remains in you, then you will dwell in the Son and in the Father always. Verse 25, And this is what he himself has promised us, the life, the eternal life. I write this to you with reference to those who would deceive you, seduce and lead you astray. But as for you, the anointing, that means the sacred appointment, the unction, which you received from him abides permanently in you. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you, but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, so you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. Now let's explain this verse little by little here. It's First John chapter 2, verse 27. So we discover here again that the word anointing means the sacred appointment and the unction that comes from the Holy One, the Lord. You have received from him. If you are a born-again Christian, you are saved. You have received Jesus, confessed Jesus as Lord, believed that God raised him from the dead. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says you are saved. That means you're a new creation. God has made you new in spirit. Now you have to read the word of God to renew your mind so that it matches what your new spirit already knows, which is the truth. So now your mind has to be updated to the truth, which is the word of God, so that you can replace any misunderstandings you have with the truth. In verse 27, it carries on to say, then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. This means that you should only be instructed and taught by a teacher who is born again and is flowing by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be the one teaching you through the voice of the pastor or the teacher or the person in the Bible study. They should be asking the Lord before they teach you, Lord, show me what you want your people to hear Help me teach them. So then the Holy Spirit will be the one directing the teacher to teach. And it won't be the person who's instructing you. It will actually be the Holy Spirit. That's what this part of this verse is saying. Verse 28. And now little children, abide, live, remain permanently in him, so that when he is made visible, we may have and enjoy perfect confidence boldness, assurance, and not be ashamed and shrink from him at his coming. Verse 29. If you know, perceive, and are sure that he, Christ, is absolutely righteous, conforming to the Father's will in purpose, thought, and action, you may also know, be sure, that everyone who does righteously and is therefore in like manner conformed to the divine will is born begotten of him, God. So that is why we must judge people by their fruit. It is okay to judge people by their fruit. And when you see their fruit, you will see whether that fruit is from actions that they are taking that are done righteously and in like manner conformed to the Lord's divine will. This is why it is also important to know the Lord's heart and to read about him in his word. Because when you see the actions of an individual, 
and based on your knowledge of the Lord and how the Lord would want something done, you will know whether that fruit is righteous or unrighteous. The Holy Spirit will also reveal to you if there is something untoward or sinister about someone's action. And you can pray for them. You can confront them in love and ask them, where is this in the Bible that you are doing this action? How does this relate to the Lord's divine will? 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown and bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, acknowledge Him. This is a great verse. We should ponder on it and pause until next week. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown and bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, acknowledge Him. You are in a different family now. You used to have a father, and his name was Satan. Whether you like that or not, that is the truth. But when you gave your life to Christ, you ditched, you gave up that nature. Your spirit was regenerated by the Lord when you made a decision for Jesus. God took you from out of the house of darkness and placed you in the kingdom of Jesus, his beloved son. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. And now you are getting more and more like Jesus, growing up into the fullness, the stature of Jesus, which is the Lord's will for your life. He wants you conformed to his son. He wants you to act like him, be like him. He doesn't want you to be Jesus because there is only one Jesus, but he wants you to be like him. And the Lord is going to help you get there if you allow him to help you. So this is what giving your life to the Lord is about. It's laying your life down for a friend. It's giving your life to the Lord so that he may use you for his purpose and his glory. And it's not going to be a life in Egypt where you're a slave. You will delight in having given your life to the Lord. It won't always be easy, but the Lord's grace is sufficient. We will continue on with 1 John chapter 3 next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to partner with us, our website is tog.world, touchofgod.world, and you can also leave a prayer request on the website, and we will respond to you. And you can even call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. So until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.